hi-ho, do you know the names of the U.S. residents who then became the presidents and got a view from the White House Lou of Pennsylvania Avenue. George Washington was the first you see. He once chopped down a cherry tree. President number two would be John Adams and then number three. Tom Jefferson stayed Hello, everybody, and happy Independence Day. Welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host, Stephen Buja, and joining me on this trip down America Lane, Amy Thomason. Amy, how was your July 4th holiday? Hopefully well. July 4th is actually my favorite holiday of the year. Really? Why is that? Believe it or not. Well, growing up in my hometown, it was my favorite because we lived on one of the main streets. So the town parade went by our house. And so all my friends would come over and my mom would make blueberry muffins and we'd have bagels and then we'd have the parade. And then we'd all just hang out in the afternoon. And then at night there were fireworks and a barbecue. I mean, what? It's... It was the perfect holiday. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. Especially... And it was always the first holiday of the summer because we got out of school in June. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that sounds great. Having a, a house on the main street as the parade passes by is clutch on the hot days because, boy, howdy, with that air conditioning. I've come in handy a lot of the times. I, I Which we didn't have growing up. Oh, but up well in New then. Jersey, it was cooler than it was down here. But we had a wraparound porch because it's like a 100-year-old farmhouse. We had a wraparound porch so we could sit on the porch and have muffins. And the whole town, it was such a small town that everyone in town would be out and just saying hello from the porch. Yeah. Very I'm, 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 you know what? I know it's in Jersey, but I'm picturing like ladies in Sunday dresses going, oh, I do declare, like fanning themselves, exactly. pouring themselves some sweet tea. It's basically the South yes. in Jersey. Exactly. <laughs> which, which sounds great sweet tea <laughs> which is so it's so delicious it's so bad for you it's, i i miss it so much though um so we are currently in the midst of what uh a three or four week section of films that i'm calling america f yeah in which we celebrate uh things that make america america both good and bad last year um last week we of course started we kicked it off with 12 years of slave this week the film is Lincoln celebrating one of the, if not the, greatest of all of our presidents, the most American of presidents. The 2012 film was directed by Steven Spielberg, written by Tony Kushner, that is Pulitzer and Tony winner, who wrote Angels Angels in America and is based loosely on the book Team of Rivals by Doris Kearns Goodwin. It stars Daniel Day-Lewis and basically everybody else. And was nominated for Best Picture, so it is a member of our For Your Reconsideration Brigade. Now, Amy, it's Lincoln. (laughs) What is your history with Lincoln? I do enjoy hearing about this. Okay, I wanted to like this movie. I love Steven Spielberg, Tony Kushner, Angels in America. When I was in an acting class in college, I did my monologue from Angels in America. I did my directing project senior year of college from Angels in America. I saw Doris Kearns Goodwin spoke at my sister's college graduation, so we're, you know, all into her. I saw this movie with my husband. Is this and- is this back in 2012? Yes, and I went with my husband, and about three minutes into the movie, I said, I do not think I can sit through this. 
Django Unchained is playing down the hall. I've already seen it. That movie kicks ass. I will meet up with you after the movie. Wow. And laugh. And you, so you walked out of the movie. How, how many times yes. in your life have you walked out of a movie? Because I feel like you can, you can count. Twice. Twice. Okay. This one and what, what was the other one? I can't even remember the title of it, but maybe you can help me. Right. It was a movie about gangsters, and they either lived in France or Italy, and it was Robert De Niro and Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, I... It was called, like, I really don't even... Like I said, I really... I know the don't... movie you're talking about. It's... But it's, like, like it took place abroad. Uh, well, a quick IMDb search will, it was, of course, reveal that to But it was us. so awful. And you know what? I sat through more of that movie than this movie. This movie, I seriously didn't make it out of the opening scene. And I already said, this is so heavy-handed and so cringy, I cannot sit through it. Wow. Okay. Well, then. We have got our work cut out for me. For the record, I just want to say I have walked out of, uh, I have only ever deliberately with walked out of one movie. And actually, and that was only because literally my appendix burst. And when we talk about The Aviator, which is what, which is a movie that we will consider again, I will, I will tell the story in detail because the only time I've only time I've walked out of a movie that was not because a baby was screaming at me. My a baby, legit you where you left because you didn't like the movie. I I I don't think I've I don't think I've walked out of a movie that I didn't like. I've, I've walked out of a movie because of there was a problem. Like like I'm going to die right now. <laughs> I very rarely do. This movie was called. I just looked it up. The family. The family. Oh, okay. They live in. They're in the witness protection program and relocate to France. Okay. But it was, again, it was Michelle Pfeiffer and Robert De Niro. So, of course, I was like, clearly I'm going to love this. But that one my husband and I both agreed on. My husband still sat through Lincoln while I was like, I'm going to go see Django again. Peace out. See you later. Yeah. All right. Well, we have um, we have had to watch this movie again. And I look forward to hearing your thoughts on the complete uh, film. Not to, uh, sure? but of course we you we going to be able to take it. <laughs> uh, you know what? I will. Uh, I will. I will confess that maybe I was a little. Uh, uh, I was a little snappy about this one, but I look forward to having the discussion. Certainly, the discussion outside of the first three minutes, which of course we will talk about too. Uh, but we are going to take a short break and come back and discuss the very many Academy Awards that Lincoln was nominated for and the. Several that it won. I really don't know how any of this happened. I, um, I do know that I've received so much more than my fair share of good fortune in my life, and I, I'm so grateful to the Academy for this beautiful honor. It's a strange thing because uh, three years ago, um, uh, before we decided to do a straight swap, um, I had actually been committed to, to play Margaret Thatcher um, <laughs> in, um, and uh, Meryl was 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 Stephen's first choice for for Lincoln, um, and I'd like to see that version. Um, and um, 
Stephen didn't have to persuade me to play Lincoln, but I had to persuade him that perhaps if I was going to do it, that Lincoln shouldn't be a musical. Um, <laughs> my fellow nominees, my equals, my betters, uh, I'm so proud to have been included as one amongst you. Um, when we got married 16 years ago, uh, or since we got married 16 years ago, um, my wife Rebecca has lived with some very strange men. Um, I mean, they were strange as individuals and probably even stranger if taken as a group. Um, but luckily, she's the versatile one in the family and she's been the perfect companion to all of them. <laughs> I'd like to thank Kathy uh, Kennedy, our producer, and through you, Kathy, and and through you, our, our mighty team of co-conspirators, at the apex of that human pyramid, there are three men to whom I owe this and a great deal more. Tony Kushner, our beloved skipper, Steven Spielberg, and the mysteriously beautiful mind, body, and spirit of Abraham Lincoln. Mm -hmm. for my mother. Thank you so much. Thank you. The 85th Annual Academy Awards took place on February 24th, 2013. Seth MacFarlane was the host. The winner that night was Argo, a movie that I have we have talked about on the show, not you and I, Amy, way back yes. in the day. I believe special guest host Greg Moberg of This Was Rad podcast was on there. And I have to say, you know what? For watching Argo, I will agree that it does not offer much else on repeat viewings, but it is a hell of a good movie. Very well done. Ben Affleck directs the heck out of that movie. Very tense. A tight, solid two hours. Really, really enjoy that movie. Lincoln was nominated for a total of 12 Academy Awards. It picked up two. And uh, we will, of course, mention one of the big ones it picked up and then further talk about the big ones. Uh, and then further discuss that category in Ernst. What was it? Best Actor, DDL, Best Daniel Day-Lewis. Daniel Day-Lewis. This was number the, three. Yes, number three of three Best Actors. Best act. He's uh, one of I think the only the only actor to have gotten all three of his Academy Awards for the main category. Catherine Hepburn picked up four Best Best Leading Actors. Academy Awards during her time. Jack Nicholson has picked up three, but two, one of them was for Best Supporting Actor for Terms of Endearment. So DDL is kind of, he's, 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 he's solid. When he, when he wins, he doesn't always win, but when he wins, he wins the big one. He hasn't always won. No, no, he has not. But he, he is generally that. consistently nominated. Very few oh. of his films he is not nominated for. He's, uh, he's, a, a he's a very talented man. He was obviously nominated this past year for his what is to believe believed to be his final role in Phantom Thread, ultimately losing to Gary Oldman for Darkest Hour. And the film Lincoln also picked up Best Production Design as well. But it was nominated for a bunch of other movies. Best Picture, Lost to Argo. What else was it nominated and lost? Best Director for uh, Spielberg, but he lost to Ang Lee. For, for Ang Lee's like, second, second Academy Award. 
Second, and I've never, I didn't see Life of Pi, and I haven't read the book. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, Tommy Lee Jones, who lost to Christoph Waltz for Django. It's his second. Uh, He was amazing. I I have such a crush on Christoph Waltz. I can't even begin. the best part of any movie. You, like, the movie Water for Elephants is whatever, but, man, he is so good in that film. He's great. I I love Christoph Waltz. He was uh, the, the best thing in Inglorious Bastards. Oh yeah, easily. Yeah. Tarantino made a hell of a find when he when he cast Waltz in Bastards and Django, like top notch work. Christoph Waltz is amazing. His scenes, his scenes were the best scenes in the movie. Oh yeah, and especially when, since when you saw it, you were seeing it, and you're like, oh, because Brad Pitt's in it, and all these other people are in it. You didn't see the movie because of Christoph Waltz, no. but that opening scene with him and the farmer. Oh and everything best like oh acted, my god it's best so good. acted scene ever and he's so damn charming yes and you hate it you hate that you find him <laughs> but he's a nazi oh damn it so and good yeah he in my opinion and we're not going to talk about it now but his character comes out on top on the at the end in my opinion okay sure. best supporting actress sally field who lost to anne hathaway for lame rob my best girl. adapted screenplay lost to argo best original score which i don't know who did it was it john williams lost lost the life is pie i believe as well um best sound mixing best editing best costume and best cinematography yes basically it's a it's a classic it's about a, it's a biopic it's a costume drama spielberg it's lensed by janice kaminsky scored by john williams it's got everything you need and it only walked away with two. Uh, I can't fault the nominations for any of these. Uh, Sally Field's great. I can't wait to talk about Sally Field. Tommy Lee Jones kills it in what little scenes he has. And of course, you know, you have sound is great. They got some battle scenes. The score. I was genuinely moved by the score. I don't. I haven't seen Life of Pi in a while. I need to revisit it. I remember being kind of eh about it, but it is a sumptuous film, and Ang Lee knows how to direct it. It oh, seems more, it seems like it was a more difficult movie to film based on what the book is about and stuff. Yeah. But it, I mean, it's, 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 all, it's all CGI. Uh, it's mostly CGI, I think, but it's what they do with it. They, they switch um, uh, aspect ratios a bunch and it, it was in 3D. And I got to say the 3D is absolutely worth it. At least in the theater it was at the time. Uh, so Life of Pi uh, picked up a whole bunch as well. Uh, Sally Field, this was her last nomination. She is, of course, a two-timer for uh, Norma Ray and Places in the Heart. If you've ever seen, if you've ever said you like me, you really like me, that is because of her uh, eighty-four. The second win. time she won, not the first time, the first which time. you wouldn't think that that was it, but that is true. Well, I, th- I think the second time, because the second one's a big deal. It's it's reaffirming, being like, hey, the first one wasn't just a fluke. Like you guys are really, really big fans of me. So, shout and out. And she's one of those consistent when you get sally fields you know you're gonna get a good performance yes even you know what i mean there's just those people that are just like kevin bacon never up for academy awards but kevin bacon is excellent in every single thing he's in ed harris is one of those that is going to give a great solid performance in every single thing he's in there's just those certain which is surprising because they're both always great always great they're yes. like the workhorses. Yeah. And by the way, shout out to Westworld. See Westworld. Ed Harris kills it. 
and so many other things. Because he's Ed Harris and he's, he's always Ed Harris. Good. Yeah, he's Ed, he's Ed Harris playing a cowboy. You're like, well, of course. Like, that's, he's got the everything. Anyways, but um, Amy, I do have to, uh, we do have to pour one out for all of the poor suckers who were nominated for Best Actor the same year that DDL was nominated for Best Actor for playing Lincoln. Now, I'm not saying you can't beat Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm not saying. He's been beaten. But as soon as they announce Daniel Day-Lewis is playing Lincoln in a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, you gotta go, fuck. I can't. Why? Can we release my movie next year when maybe, maybe I have a better chance of winning this one? Okay. This is where, number one, our disagreements are going to come. Okay. On paper, yes, that all sounds wonderful. However, this reminds me of another case. 1962. The great, the respected Gregory Peck, who had been in the Academy Award-winning film... Gentleman's Agreement, which won Best Picture. He was in Roman Holiday. He's super dreamy. He has that deep voice. Played Atticus Finch. Great performance. Everyone remembers Atticus Finch. However, he was up against one Mr. Peter O'Toole for one small film called Lawrence of Arabia. If you, sorry, I, I think I know, I think I know where you're going and I'm already mad at this, but I want to hear it. I know you're going to be mad. You're going to, like, hate me by the end of this podcast. To Kill a Mockingbird is a, is a fine film. Yes. I don't consider it a great film. It is not Lawrence of Arabia. No. Can we at least agree on that? Good movie. Agreed. When I think of, maybe it's the English major in me. When I think of To Kill a Mockingbird, I don't think of the movie at all. I think about the book. I think about it being a great, great literature in all capital letters, fine movie, good adaptation. I think the reason Gregory Peck won is because he had the history in Hollywood and he played Atticus Finch. I think the role won him the award, not necessarily his riveting performance of the award. I think Peter O'Toole had a much, much harder role because T. Lawrence is much more of a mystery Mm-hmm. to understand his motivations. His role was a lot more mysterious and he had to do a lot more. Didn't win. I feel this is the same way. From looking at your notes... I mean, it depends on, it depends on who. It really depends on think, who. I'm, I'm listening. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm with you. I'm thinking Joaquin Phoenix for the master was oh. the performance of that year. Oh, so oh thank many, God. There were so many scenes in that in the oh. master where I... When I saw the master, now the movie was a mess and weird and I didn't really care for it. I'm all, I'm honest. I did. I thought I was going to love it because I love Paul Thomas Anderson. The movie in my head was like, what the hell? I do not understand it. It was kind of a mess. However, Joaquin Phoenix was unbelievable in that part. Just that part where he's being audited and he's not allowed to like blink his eyes and Mm -hmm. grueling, grueling. Daniel Day-Lewis did a good job being Lincoln, but I think it's the role, the fact that he was playing Abraham Lincoln that won the award, not necessarily his riveting performance. It's not my favorite at all, Daniel Day-Lewis performance. If I, know, I, if I he, if what is, what is your favorite? This, uh, 
Daniel Plainview and There Will Be Blood and Bill the Butcher in Gangs of New York. Okay. Okay. Those are my favorite, like, holy shit. Like, how did he not win for Gangs of New York? That was a shock to me. He, But that he won for Lincoln, it's like, he did a nice job. He wore the costume and, you know, he had the voice and he told the stories. But it wasn't like, wow, holy crap. See, I, see, I, I will. First of all, I thought you were going to say Bradley Cooper and Silver Linings Playbook, and then I was going to reach through the computer and smack you because I figured your your love of uh, David O. Russell kind of extended beyond to like sort of all, of, like sort of all, all, all of all of new new David O. Russell. But I'm like, oh, like so, I would say that but Bradley the, Cooper did a great job, and it pisses me off that Jennifer Lawrence won, and he did not win for Best Actor. He that. was the star right. of and that Jennifer, movie. Jennifer Lawrence, was, Jennifer Lawrence was supporting Jennifer. actor in that movie. Definitely. The scene where he takes the copy of Ernest Hemingway and says, what the fuck, and like throws it out the window. Great. That's so something I would do. I've never <laughs> been able to relate to a character so much. I was like, thank you. And he's yelling at his parents about the book, and they're happy. But dad, she dies. <laughs> and all the, and he goes into it. I was like, right. that is me. I've given, argu- you've, you've seen me give arguments like that. I have. I have. So. Okay. That was the movie that made me realize Bradley Cooper was actually like hella talented. Again, both of those in my mind stand out more than Daniel Day Lewis giving a very nice performance as Lincoln. I think I think Daniel Day Lewis gives a great performance. I, if I had to mark this, the rank these DDLs number one, Joaquin's number two, Denzel in Flight. Pretty, it's a forgettable movie. He's very good in it. Hugh Jackman than Bradley Cooper, which is not to say that the, these are bad performances. These are all very good performances. I do not think these are the maybe Joaquin Phoenix. Maybe this is his best performance, but I I find Lincoln uh, Lewis's portrayal of Lincoln to be very riveting. To be, you know, he speechifies. He has uh, this manner about him. He goes through. He carries the weight of everything on his shoulders that I think that only DDL can do, and he does it very well, and I, I look forward to having this conversation further with you. But I am glad to say, I, I, I'm like Joaquin Phoenix in The Master, that was, that was to me, Philip Seymour Hoffman, like, through and through, like, he stole well, that Phil movie. Well, Philip Seymour Hoffman and everything, Yeah, too. Yeah, yeah he, he does, he does, but... Really went through the ringer in that film. Yes, I, I, I do agree that it's a bit of a mess of a movie, although you have to see it in 70 millimeter it's it's so great uh but i and you know what you know what i will say i bet uh joaquin maybe got a little less love because it is a it is kind of about l ron hubbard and hollywood does have a huge scientology crowd that don't want any um criticism about their their lord and master lord zini founder whatever thing so there could have been some politics going on in there however i, I definitely the success of lincoln you know, it's a Spielberg movie. Everybody saw it, et cetera. I think definitely contributed to the fact that and it's Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis. It's another safe movie. It's it's a very you safe. You know what? Okay, yeah. All right. You know, I will. I will give you that. I will give you that. There's cause... nothing controversial about that movie. No. Then... Wow. Abe Lincoln was a hero. Ooh, riveting. Oh, well, Abe Lincoln was a hero, Mind but, but he, he, he. Oh, and he, he was look, look at look at look at the stuff he had to shocking. do to get to get to get this thing done. Look at all the compromises he had to make. Look at all the the back the back alley deals and stuff. That was very fascinating, especially in the especially in these times, which we will talk about after this break. I can't listen to this anymore. 
can't accomplish a goddamn thing of any human meaning or worth until we cure ourselves of slavery and end this pestilential war. And whether any of you or anyone else knows it, I know I need this. This amendment is that cure. We're stepped out upon the world stage now, now, with the fate of human dignity in our hands. Blood's been spilled to afford us this moment, now, now, now. When you grousel and heckle and dodge about like pettifogging Tammany Hall hucksters, see what is before you. See the here and now, that's the hardest thing, the only thing that accounts. Abolishing slavery by constitutional provision settles the fate for all coming time, not only of the millions now in bondage, but of unborn millions to come. Two votes stand in its way. These votes must be procured. Amy, how do you feel about biopics in general? I think if it's about a person that I don't know a lot about, I think I tend to enjoy them a lot more. Okay. Do you know a lot about Abraham Lincoln? Watching this movie really brought back my AP history Oh, you are an AP history. Well, ain't somebody fancy here. Are you shocked by this? No, I'm not shocked. But it was. But it just was like, I remember Thaddy Stephen and and the Radical Republicans. And I remember learning about, even after the Civil War ending, where um, Andrew Johnson Mm -hmm. was like such an ass and nobody liked him and they just vetoed against him and were like, screw you, we're going to do what we want. I mean, if you studied history a lot, and I had ridiculously good history teachers in high school so i feel like i'm gonna sound like it's not right now i knew a lot of this stuff so it just it really didn't bring anything new to me and that's what made this movie possibly less enjoyable than it could have been but like a lawrence of arabia which again i know i keep talking about it a lot it's not really a biopic. It's a great film about a great man, but it makes you want to go learn more. And it's about something that most of us don't know about. I think about World War One. I. I don't think about the Turks and the Arabs. I think about us. I think about Germany, England, trench warfare, stuff like that. So I'm always interested when it's something that's not always presented. I feel like Every movie is either the Civil War or World War Two, and I feel like there are more interesting movies. And I feel like there are more interesting movies about World War Two and interesting movies about the Civil War. Again, about things that we don't know a lot about. Glory with the black troops that was interesting to me because it was something I hadn't already studied and read about in books and everything. Okay, okay. So, was the the the, uh, the next question is. Biopics are generally they're cradle to grave things. Sometimes, or, yeah, they're, they're like Ray. They're like 
Walk the Line, which is the white the white person's way. Uh, and I haven't ray. seen either one of those films. They're they're they're, they're fine, and then, you know they yeah. touch on you know great great acting, great performance by Joaquin and Walk the Line. By the way, he's 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 phenomenal in so many things. But what I what I liked about Lincoln and what I appreciate what I appreciate about the framing device certainly was that it didn't decide to be like. Well, Abe Lincoln was born in eighteen dickety three, whenever that, whenever he was, whenever he was born. It shows that all right, Abe Lincoln, he's president. The war's going on. He's got a month to get shit done before it, the window closes. It closes on that. So I, I appreciated the very condensed look, and them for them. I will say for the most part, assuming that the audience knows. Who Lincoln is and what's what's happening. They definitely shy away from that towards the end, which I have severe problems with. But I like this this very short window because it allows you to, rather than just follow this this young actor and a slightly older actor and an older, and then finally to the to the main guy, to focus more on in a, a period of time in the person's life that was, I suppose, more defining. And this one is. The, it is uh, near the end of the war, and Lincoln wants to pass the 13th Amendment, which abolishes slavery in the United States for not just for now, but for all time. That's, that's his goal, and you know it's a lame duck session in Congress, so he needs to basically ram this through as fast as he can via constitutional amendment to ensure that it can't, that it would be a really hard time to be repealed in the future. I appreciate the the view that Kushner and Spielberg take in that, but uh, I feel that even that in other movies has been done better. And when I think about biopics, maybe I'm not such a fan of biopics in general. I like it when it focuses on something else, sort of like The King's Speech, where you learn about George the Sixth. Question mark yeah. was that which think, which, which George was we it? We saw this movie. Oh, cursive. But it focused, but it focused on him learning speech again. It wasn't a whole biopic, but there was more going on than just this is his life. Right. I liked. Um, I was one of the very few people who liked uh, Marie Antoinette with Kirsten Dunst. Yes, you were. But I liked that it wasn't a cradle to grave story, and I liked that it ended before she got her head chopped off. That it didn't end that way. That it was about a very specific part in her life and even at the end i thought oh they're not going to show her getting executed i think that would have been too, was- i think it would have been too satisfying to the jerks who somehow think that um kirsten dunce is bad actress or ugly i think she's and great they, and they are they're great. those people are terrible they're absolutely terrible but um, but i do i i appreciated that so i what, just feel so like it's a story that is, everybody knows and that's how of how of, 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 of Wait, of of how the Thirteenth Amendment was passed, like I like I knew that the Thirteenth like the Thirteenth Amendment was passed in in con- in Congress. Obviously, it's it's one of the twenty seven that we have it, in our Constitution, and and I'm like, oh, I had no idea the process of it. And in our family, uh, we we enjoy the process of how things get done, and to see that in this movie, I think I think that it's more than just yeah, Lincoln. He said a few things, and then the Thirteenth Amendment was passed, and you, you hear about it. It's you see him mixing it up within his powers, and sometimes kind of without outside of his of his constitutionally given powers to try and do this thing. And I uh, I found that to be a very compelling 
film. It's like uh, it's like they're they're trying to it's like they're trying to bust the safe open, except the safe is the Constitution, and they need to basically I suppose they need to inception in the Thirteenth Amendment. Uh, all nice, all nice and sneak, sneakily. If I'm See, getting my metaphors all mixed so, up now, but this is where the whole movies being subjective comes in. I didn't think it was all that interesting. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah they had fine. to make, they had to talk to people and they made some deals and it was passed. No, no, I, 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 I found, I found legislation is passed that way. Just very like, oh, of course you have the people that don't see blacks as humans. You know, you convince them, you tell this guy he'll get this position, you know, you have a conversation with that guy, you have a conversation with that guy, and then it passed. At least in my mind, that's what the movie, how the movie was. I kept that is, that, waiting that is for the, it to get interesting. That's the breakdown of it. I found it, I found it completely interesting in that we are, okay, we have this thing. It's the 13th Amendment. It's abolishing slavery. It's saying, it's saying that, you know, you can't own people. It's a noble goal. It's... uh it's like one of the, one of those things that we take for granted now. Exactly. And yet, and, and, and yet at the time they, it, it had to be fought tooth and nail. It had, you had, you, you had to take this noble goal and you had to get in the muck to get it, uh, to get it passed. Uh, which I, which I thought was a very interesting view of politics. You know, for us, a lot of times, you know, politics is a distant things. And yes, it's, ugly and, and terrible, but we don't always see exactly how the sausage gets made with it, and that is generally perhaps a good thing because they're basically all terrible nowadays. But here, I just, I thought Kushner and Spielberg, and with the, the help of uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and an immense supporting cast that features Tommy Lee Jones, it features Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Levitt, Michael Stuhlbarg, even Dane DeHaan is in there for a hot minute at the beginning. Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I was like, "Oh shit, Kyle Ren's here." Over his shoulder and looks over his shoulder for a while in one scene. Yeah, it's, it's, and I only really remember him from the show Girls on HBO. So yeah. I'm thinking like way back. I'm not okay, thinking yeah. Star Wars. No, 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 no. He's he, he's he's Kyle Ren all the way. I was like, "Oh shit!" But um, anyways, uh, I that is what that is what is interesting to me that's what makes it compelling because it's this man who is forcing his he's forcing his will on the world on the country but not in a he's doing it the best way he can within the powers that he has he's not being an, uh, an autocrat or a tyrant despite you know you know and he's doing it he's he's, he's doing he's doing it for the yeah he's he's doing it for the for the right reasons, he believes in at least in this at least in this version, this film version of he believes that this is the, the right thing, this is the good thing. We need to make this happen, and we need to make this happen now, or else the South is going to continually just drag us down when they get when they when they when they get back after after the after the war ends. Um, and I mentioned I mentioned the opening, which does feature Dane DeHaan, and. <laughs> You're uh, you're not a fan. You're not a fan of this, are you? Why? This is why I woke up. Okay. So here we go. I am a big fan of like subtlety, and the beginning of this movie was so everything conservative people hate about liberals is the opening of this movie. Okay. What and is I'm the opening? A, okay. 
So the opening is there's, you know, Mr. Lincoln and, you know, oh, and it's his silhouette and ooh, isn't he, you know, godlike. Okay. So the weather's not that great. And there are these highly educated black soldiers talking to him. And these are the most, it's like Aaron Sorkin. They were Aaron Sorkin mouthpieces. They were the most eloquent. Their speech patterns everything they were like the greatest orators of their time but they were just two soldiers and they're you know making their points about how um they're black and they get paid that they had a lot of victories and they're very very brave but they get paid less money than the white people which again is a legit grievance i get it then there's no sense of like you know, their sense of education or where they're from. All they are is like Harvard, practically Harvard trained orators. Like they could speak in front of Congress. They spoke better than some of the people in Congress, which rang a little false for me, not going to lie. So then you have the white soldiers coming and they're like these yokels who they're using all kinds of slang. They're like, they're 18, they're 18. They're, they're conscriptions. It doesn't matter. Not the point. The the black soldiers weren't that one of them was was more grown up than the other one, but the one who was like you know could have spoken in front of Congress and brought everybody to tears was young. So then you have the two white guys who are total yokels, totally talking, and they're like spitting on the ground and so heavy handed, and they're trying to remember the Gettysburg Address and like they can't because they're just stupid white people, and you know, they don't know anything and they haven't been in the war that long, of course, because, you know, there's stupid white people, I guess. And they start trying to remember the Gettysburg Address. And of course they can't because again, they're just stupid white people. So they get called away, but but the black saint at the beginning starts reciting it from memory. And it's like, you get the chills up your arms because outside of Abraham Lincoln himself, the Emancipation Proclamation has never been delivered more eloquently then this black sold. You know what I mean? And it just was so heavy-handed. It's like, can we get a degree of subtlety in here? I mean, this isn't Frederick Douglass making the speech. Frederick Douglass, that would make sense. But he's not playing Frederick Douglass. He's just playing some, like, dude. That's when I had to leave. Because I was like, oh, my God. And he's standing there, and he's still getting called away. But he, of course, remembers it perfectly. Like, off the top of his head and he starts walking away and the music swells and the camera pans back and it's you talk about things being emotionally manipulative that opening scene is probably the most emotionally manipulative scene i have ever witnessed in a long I long question time question how many movies you have seen and for the record what did you there how is many a, there is an there is a giant out? angel that comes down and tells prior walter What's what in Angels in America, written by the same guy? I feel like we can't really funny, expect. I can't. I feel like we can't expect all the amount of subtlety. But on it, stage, on stage, it translates differently. Is it a little bit? Is it a little bit uh, heavy-handed to have this happening? Yes, but there is a sense of Lincoln as a rock star. We did. You did not. You did not mention what Lincoln was doing. He was. He's being sort of sitting there. Yeah, yeah. He's he's sitting there, kind of like like smiling, being you know smirking. These are these are the people that 
he has uh, helped, uh, he's emancipated the, uh, the, uh, the slaves as part of wartime materiel, as it were. And I would, and I would, I would argue that uh, the, the old adage of you have to be twice as good to get half as much as related to uh, the blacks in America, it's probably, it's probably four times as good to, be, to get a quarter as much in the, in the 19th century. So, and they looked like they were as high ranking as a, as a Negro soldier could be back in the day. So I like, I have no problem with them probably being eloquent inside. They're, they're, while Dane DeHaan and his buddy are very, very starstruck. They are overwhelmed. They're like, Oh my God, that's president Lincoln that he had that speech one time. It's like, it's like a kid meeting Who's a big, who's big into music now? Like convening Bieber? Like, I don't, who, who, who do the kids listen to? I don't know. They're, 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 they're just overwhelmed. I, I thought that helped establish not those characters who don't matter. They're, they're, they're just there. It helps establish that Lincoln, his Gettysburg address has had an effect on people, on both kinds of people, both the, 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 white, the white soldiers and the black soldiers, and that he kind of enjoys seeing these two, these two groups come together and try and, and try and try and recite it because it's 226 words or something pretty easy to do pretty easy to do and it's I thought it, I thought it rather than rather than have rather than open the movie with Daniel Day Lewis giving the Gettysburg address which would definitely be heavy-handed because the music would be soaring it'd be on the battlefield of Gettysburg you have it with it's been filtered down to the masses and now you have these these so these soldiers who probably don't read all that much. They they know they know the Gettysburg Address, and I think that uh, I I I would don't I, I, that, I don't have I don't have a lot of problems. Be there, but I would assume that that would already be there. I don't feel like we need to establish like wow people. I, I don't feel like that whole thing even needed to be established. I thought it was, and I, I feel like the movie really makes him seem like this. I didn't feel that this movie made us see the human side of Abe Lincoln. I think it still made him out to be this like God among mortals. And I like movies that humanize things a little bit more. I didn't feel that this movie achieved that. I think he was always like, "Ah," and his voice and his presence. It's like he had this aura about him the whole time. It's like, we might as well have used like a soft focus lens to make him look like he's actually glowing and like sparkles are coming out of him. Every time he talked, every line he delivered was like, I'm about to say the wisest thing you ever heard. And you say you can't imagine anyone else doing it but Daniel Day-Lewis, but there was an actor back in the day who played him who I feel like would have given him the same kind of aura, which is uh, Henry Fonda. Okay. Very like soft-spoken and i'm gonna talk slow but i'm important and everything i say is the most brilliant thing you've ever heard in your life kind of surprised aaron sorkin didn't write this screenplay because yeah, aaron sorkin writes his characters this way disagree uh i think almost almost completely i thought it very much humanized lincoln you saw his relationship with mary todd played by the great sally field i thought that really helped what I, what I liked about that relationship was that it wasn't oh Mary Todd is actually pulling all the strings here and it's actually you know behind every great man is a, is a, is a great woman like she is a, a woman who has her own demons and that he you know she kind of brings him down to earth he he has to wrestle with her 
his his feelings towards her. They lost a son together. I didn't know Lincoln lost. I, like, I barely knew Lincoln had kids. He, he lost had a the, rough life. No, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he had a rough and he, he, the relationship that they you know they have. They're they're yelling at each other all the time. So he's like, "Confound it, woman!" I just like I'm he's like, "Send me away!" I'm like, "No, I'm not going to send you away." I thought that really helped me think like, "Oh, this is more than this guy is more than just the president of the United States." Trying, trying to do great things. He's a guy who's in this relationship that has love, and and there's love there. But it is tough. They've been through so much. His wife has, you know, probably be diagnosed with depression or some sort of bipolar. She was at some point. I yeah, think. I, I I can definitely believe that. And they lost us, lost a son, and you know, he has a fraught relationship with his son, who just Joseph Gordon Levin just wants to join the army because it it matters. If you fought, like that's what after the war, it's going to matter if you were if you were in the army, and it doesn't matter what you're doing as long as you were there. And you know he's like I can't. You know, he wrestles with the the notion of like I am the commander in chief, so I can say I can literally. No father's been able to say this like you cannot join the military because I sign off on this stuff. I I, I thought I thought it really helped humanize him. It's, you saw you see him in his doubts. You see that I will say the dream at the beginning was very emotionally manipulative. I don't know why we had to show him actually on the boat. Like you have Daniel Day Lewis, that's your best special effect right there. Having him just just have him say like I had this dream last night. We don't we don't need to see it. We don't need, we get it. You have your you want to pass this, but you have but you have you have these doubts that you of your ability to do so. I thought uh, I thought it, you know it wasn't just wham bam thank you man Thirteenth Amendment is passed. It was he has to sell yeah everyone has to sell a little of themselves to get to get this to get this greater good passed and i thought it was very humanizing for the for the person of abraham lincoln this person who like i think of he's the guy on mount rushmore he's the one on the penny you know, you see him all the time see, I, think I, it came I don't across that way in the movie though i totally think it came across the movie and you know what it made me think of what my thoughts on okay. watching all the scenes in congress made me think of your podcast episode before I was here on Spotlight when your guest was talking about how the scenes where they're typing and they're researching and they're interviewing people and all that stuff and how he thought that was like really boring to watch. Mm -hmm. That is how I felt about a lot of the them talking to this guy and, oh, he fell and he like spilled his money and, oh, this guy's digging a ditch or whatever and they're trying to give him the postmaster general position and all that stuff. The amazing that James he, Spader scenes, which are so much fun. Eh. No? Okay. I was bored. I There, I said it. Oh. I, I was bored and... While I was watching, I thought about this is how that guy felt about Spotlight. Now, Spotlight to me was a really interesting movie because it's something that not a lot of people know about. I mean, people know about the abuse in the Catholic Church, but I didn't know about the Boston Chronicle and I didn't know about the how widespread it was. And I didn't know the names. And it was just this movie to me just felt very tired. And I don't know, again, if it's just because I've studied all of this stuff. So it just seemed like, oh, yeah, I mean, that guy obviously doesn't really want to go for it. Oh, okay, well, they're going to promise this guy that. And yeah, Thaddeus Stevens um, wouldn't say publicly that he thought his real opinions on African-Americans because he knew if he went too far, the other people weren't going to vote for it. It didn't seem all that dramatic to me. I, see, that, I don't know why, no, but it that, that, is, that is Stevens, great point. I thought Tommy Lee Jones, his character was great. There's this great 
tete-a-tete uh, -tete between Lincoln and Thaddeus Stevens, who's the leader of the Radical Republican Radical, Radical Republican Party, played by Tommy Lee Jones, where they're discussing the value the value of your values essentially it's the it's what i call the the true north conversation where lincoln says what's the value in knowing true north from a compass it doesn't tell you all the swamps and deserts and you know dangerous things you have to get get through to get to you know to get there so like yes you 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 stand your ground you go you head directly true north but you go through all this all this crap and you you end up getting hurt or injured or damaged and what is so where, so where is where do your values get you when you only see them in terms of absolutes and it, it makes a very interesting point that we're still wrestling with these days and that's the uh the the morality of you know, my way or the, or my way or the highway. So to see Tommy Lee Jones, who is very much, he is a firebrand. He's an ideologue in this movie. He has to, re, he has to walk back his own opinions for the, for the greater good. He realizes that, you know, 13th Amendment, okay, it's not the best, but the only, literally the only time I want slavery to ever be mentioned in the, in America's constitution is to say that it is abolished and it, you know, no longer, is no longer a thing that can happen except in cases of punishment, etc. I thought now, now, like Daniel Day Lewis might not have to go through much. Maybe maybe Lincoln to go, didn't go through a lot. Maybe, but I you, you gotta agree that Stevens having to so sell yourself short a little bit, you know, to sell your sell your ideas not the way you want them to be in in service well, of a greater good is very interesting. That was interesting especially because i'm a lot more of a thaddy stevens than a lincoln who can tone down and quietly influence people i'm more like these are my opinions this is what i think as many of you in our audience have noticed i'm an opinionated lady and no not just about movies about a lot of things and you know what i think the audience appreciates that in you because i i kind of oh, i'm waffling but you are you're 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 you bring a dynamic here that the, like if you're calling me Lincoln, that's that's fine by me. You can be Stevens all day long. <laughs> the fine no, way but that, I'm just, but having to, and that's something that I've really had to kind of learn. I mean, it's not a little personal note, but like I was born and raised in a very liberal area in New Jersey, and now I live in a very. I live in South Carolina, which is very conservative. And I work with people that have very different opinions about politics than I do, and having to learn. Do I say anything or is it really going to make a difference? And my husband, who has very strong opinions too, and him kind of pointing out like, you're trying to argue with like a 78-year-old person. You saying your opinions is not going to change their mind. All it's going to do is like ruin Thanksgiving dinner. Woo. So having to learn like picking your battles and learning like when is it going to be effective and when is it just going to be... Yeah. wasted energy let the let in other words let the 200 billion dollar tariff on chinese goods change their opinion when they don't make as much money yeah, when exactly. things cost and, more and you know and but at the same time make sure that you're reading everything you can making sure i'm watching i'm as educated as i can be getting to the voting booth and actually voting and not just complaining about things right so much fun to and point, you know and and then little things like oh when medicaid and people want to cut medicaid and 
pointing out, hey, everyone, see this picture of my cute, beautiful, gorgeous child that we all love and agree is cute and adorable. Well, guess what? She gets Medicaid. So when you think that everyone on Medicaid is just a lazy loser who doesn't want to work, remember, there are children like my daughter who, who, who needs this. Audience, if you haven't, seen, if you haven't seen Elena, uh, Amy's daughter. Whose birthday is tomorrow. She's a doll. She's a doll. But, but, oh, but doing God, it that with, way, instead of saying you're stupid, people need Medicaid, just point out, hey, we both love Elena. Look yeah. at look at how beautiful she is. And guess what? You know what? She needs three p- therapies every single week. And you know what pays for that? Medicaid, because it's really, really expensive. And let that kind of sink in. And I know this is a very long personal story. My point is, is that I've had to learn to be more like Lincoln and to find common ground rather than just saying you're wrong my opinions are right this is how everybody should believe but finding that common ground where you can actually talk to people who are different from you which i never had growing up because again i lived in this little bubble in in a very place and now living somewhere completely different i mean you can drive a block past my school and you just see like cotton fields i mean that's how rural the area is there's still many dirt roads in the town where i teach hey. so it's a different world and having to kind of navigate that and i thought that was something i really liked about that East stevens because that for me was is a personal battle that i've had to have yeah it's uh lincoln lincoln's a great compromiser right that's what they call him mm-hmm. and you know I guess perhaps he had to get other people to compromise in order to pass this pass this wonderful piece of legislation. Because he wasn't going in that battlefield of the Congress every no, day. No, yeah, no, he's yeah, he's yeah, he's was. he got to just kind of say like, "Hey, Stevens, make it happen." Bye. Yeah, that's my, that's. I mean, that we got to see how the the three branches of government, well, the two branches of government, the executive and the legislative, operate here. I mean, we didn't need the Supreme Court at the time to pass really any progressive legislation whatsoever because the legislation was actually kind of doing it for doing its job at that Maybe point. Maybe it would have been more interesting if it really had focused on Thaddeus Stevens in his personal battle of it having is. to learn how to compromise. I would love to see Timely really Jones reprise his role as Thaddeus Stevens. You know what I'm saying? And yes. really focus, focus on his struggles and his conversations away from Lincoln saying, I have to do this. I want to pass this, but I have a very strong personality and I'm known as like a bulldog and people don't like me. It's sort of reminded me of 1776 with oh, John Adams, yes. who was so pushy and so unlikable, yeah. I would, but I, he was a great man of great ideals and how he had to learn to kind of rein it in and give the South a little bit of what they wanted. Right. I will say though that um, read it, it's hard to, not see this movie now through the lens of what's happening currently and when Tommy Lee Jones said uh yes for the for my plans for reconstruction are basically bully them into submission I'm, I'm thinking that probably would have backfired but man that'd be so so very satisfying right now because uh at the because because I think about it and go all right I watched this now when I first saw this movie in 2012 I thought this is this is lovely. This is, this is how America works. It's ugly. It's it's got some weird, uh, you, know, you know, bribery going on, stuff like that. You know, pa- patronage, patronage. Oh, they had, but they had 
exquisite 19th century insults, which were just, oh, but Charles, so beautiful. But Charles Sumner, who at some point got caned <laughs> in Congress. Did you ever study that? No. Google it after after we stop. Google Google the chaining the caning of Charles Sumner on the Congress floor or something like that. Yeah, really interesting. It it's it's messy. It's down in the dirt, but it gets results. And I but I think of where we are now, and I watched this movie in twenty thousand eighteen, and I am sad. I am sad because. This is not how the country operates now. I'm sad because mm-hmm. our our commander in chief is not one tenth of one percent as eloquent or as moral or as even intelligent as Lincoln is in this. And that it really you really need smart people who are willing to compromise and not and not in a compromise is I get everything I want and you don't get anything you want. That's not literally not what compromise is but that's where we we've come to and it's been i it it makes me sad it i felt so beaten after watching this movie and thinking about like if all right if we had if trump were in this position trump were president of the union during the civil war he would be kissing jefferson davis's ass the entire time jefferson jefferson davis he's a He's a, he's a fine, beautiful person. His people are beautiful. I, you know, believe what believe what they say. They should they should totally have their own country, and I it'd just be infuriating because I, it, I and I can't stress this enough. And I know we have listeners in the south, but they're all traitors. They were all traitors. The Confederacy. They were traitors to the country, and they got off so lightly with Reconstruction. Uh, it, it, it's sometimes infuriating, uh, but um, and that's for another thing. I just I think of I think of now and how man, man, the Trump movie Trump movies are going to be so fucking depressing and infuriating when they when they come out in the post apocalypse and we can scrounge together film. It's, it's depends been, who's ma- it depends who's making the movie. It depends. Who's, I, also, I'm like <laughs> I, I wonder who's going to play Trump. Is Daniel Day Lewis going to come out of retirement and play Trump? No, I don't. Uh, I don't know who's who's going to do it. No, what's his name? Oh, why can't I think of what his name is? Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Ooh. Have you seen that thing? Go on YouTube. He did a he did a bit where he played. It's called the art. He did the art movie. Oh yes, I remember. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Johnny, Johnny Depp. Yeah, he needs uh, he needs some image uh, rebranding. He finally needs to get an Oscar. That could be his Oscar win. There you go. There you go. Now, Hollywood, call me. Yeah. So, uh, I enjoy the I enjoy the congressional the, the congressional banter. I like I like seeing I like, I like seeing how that was made. They finally get the amendment passed, and it's Spielbergian. It's papers are flying. Tommy Lee Jones takes the the copy and brings it to his his, his mate. John his Williams. Flag, John Williams score. You have Michael. You have Michael Stuhlbarg. Who was in every Oscar movie last year, just saying like I say I, and you know everyone's everyone's casting. Of, oh, yeah, the, I, there's never been a more dramatic casting of votes uh, you know, that I can remember in within the last couple of months than this. But I do. I'm not here to just praise Lincoln. I am here to also say that after the passing of the Thirteenth Amendment, God, this movie starts to drag. I understand. Okay, we need to wrap it up. 
I will forgive Return of the King for its many endings all the time. But even I, even for the 25 minutes of Lincoln, I'm like, Jesus Christ, we are okay. We're starting to drift out of, all right, now we're just focusing on the politics too. That Abraham Lincoln, he was a saint and a son of a gun. And oh boy, look at all those good things. That is that is where I definitely feel your criticisms are valid. It becomes, Lincoln wasn't just a man in circumstances. He was a great man who did great things. And here we're going to talk about his great greatness. There was a little resolution with, his, uh, with Sally Field, who's great. But then you have the final four minutes. And this is my problem with the post as well, is that Spielberg, somewhere along the way, forgot how to end a movie. You have this perfect, perfect scene. You have Lincoln. He is getting ready to go to the theater. We all know what that means. And he you know, has his glo- forgets his glove. He has this great line that says, um, well, I suppose it's time to go, though I would rather stay. And he walks out the, the hallway. You have, could have uh, dropped the mic. Could have, could have dropped the mic. Perfect. Hallway shot, Lincoln going down. You guys watching him he, he, admiration. Yeah, watching him, that, 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 that great actor. And you walk down, and you're like, okay, that's all I need. Like, I'm getting up to go, and then you're like, wait. Why does this movie have? Oh wait, are we at the theater? Oh no, we're at a different theater where his son is watching. Oh wait, we're killing Lincoln. Why do we need to kill? Literally, we all know. We all, we that all is know. one. That is the one thing that we all know. Lincoln gets shot. At That's a like at a at a theater. That's we don't we don't need to know how he dies. I I understand that they really wanted to show the second inaugural address, which is one of the greatest inaugural addresses uh in, in american history but yeah it had like the reason i think this movie lost the oscar was because those last four minutes are so painful and so unnecessary that they drag a they drag a great film was up, up till then a great film to yeah, that's very good but it, it needed it needed to cut and run a lot a lot sooner. I don't know how you feel about the ending. I don't know, uh, but that that, that is me. I felt about the rest of the movie. I felt it was kind of unnecessary. Yeah, and very and that, and that and that was very emotionally manipulative and schlocky and too much just pouring into and, the great man. And one thing that I'm surprised that this didn't bother you is that you are a big fan of treating the audience like they're intelligent. I am. Like that. This movie used, and one of the things that we, you had said that you liked about another historical film, uh, The Lion in Winter, was that they didn't give you the screen crawl at the beginning with, okay, this is what's going on. And that's about a history that, like, nobody really knows about. Right. Really, I mean, Lincoln, we all know. If you took AP history, especially at Glen Rock High School, shout out Glen Rock, New Jersey, you know it. You know it. And they still give you the, the year is 1856. This 65. is how long the war's been, 1865. Let's pick on some semantics here. This is how long the war's been going on. Guess what? Lots of people are dying. We know this. We've studied this. And yet with like the line in winter where not a lot of people know about Henry II. Nope. And, and it never had any, there was no postscript. There was no screen crawl at the beginning. It just threw you in. This movie, even though most people know it, gave you a pretty good screen crawl at the beginning and at the end. 
yeah the the and you're like the whole end the beginning the beginning i was fine with it it, it got you up to date on exactly where where you were just after the election uh of congress like i i appreciate it that they, it, it, it unnecessary yes kushner could have done a better job of explaining this explain just having someone explain the situation like it's you know you just got elected and you know lame you just got elected just, again it's or a, it's a, and, you haven't even been inaugurated yet why are you trying to push it through see thank you tony kushner and right. i feel bad doing this because i literally think you're amazing and a genius yes. i will the, the beginning sure i'll just forgive it i'm like i'm not i'm not thrilled i'm not i am not thrilled with it i understand the ending is no it just cut the end cut the ending out we don't just like like leave them like lincoln's going out on a high note you do that don't need to worry about anything else we know the rest of this story johnson fucks everything up south you know kkk is formed and jim crow and then now and now we're here mayhem ensues (laughs) (laughs) ensues. reconstruction happens mayhem ensues yes um so, uh, does Lincoln have anything to teach modern-day politicians uh, about how politics is done? I don't know. Things are just—it's such a different world now. It's such a different world. Hmm. In terms of technology, I mean, or just like in, in what we care about and what we're—he doesn't watching it. I'm thinking they would all be, you know, tweeting and stuff like that. I, congressmen still t- treat each other that way. You watch them, you know, and they're sleeping and name calling and not really paying attention because their minds are made up. You didn't really have a lobbyists back then, so they're not, you know, they haven't totally bought. And I mean, back then, so it was easier to vote with your conscience or just for your constituents because you didn't have these huge lobbies giving you gajillions of dollars to vote to support them. So the country's different. And until some laws get rid of some of those things, it's never going to be about, and it's sad that I feel so resigned to this, but yeah, they've, they're bought and sold by lobbyists. I can vote my way and I'm always going to vote, but in reality, do they care about me? No. Because I don't have a bit, if I had, you know, a gajillion dollars, guess what? I could be, instead of being a teacher, I could be secretary of education or, you know, (laughs) secretary of defense. If I had enough money, I could be secretary of defense because, you know, I'm rich. So therefore I am a genius. I know about these things. And back then, that's not how it was. No, back then. Back then, you're David Strathern, Seward, who buys Alaska. Everyone thinks that was a bad idea. It's a great actor who's in everything, and oh, he's yeah. always, always good. He's in the Expanse right now, a science fiction show. I'm like, good on you, David Strait. I just wanted to do something different. Rock and on. I find him very attractive. There, oh, I said it. I just needed no, to throw no, that. No, in there. like he's I would, great. I would love to be his his level of Silver Fox. I don't he's have, hair, I don't have hair for it though. He's got that voice. Yeah. Finally, I guess we have to ask: Should Lincoln? have won Best Pitcher over Argo that year? And if not, what should have won? I would say no. It should not have won. Um, Argo was a really good movie. My favorite picture of the year was Django Unchained, which Mm. I could see why people... I don't know if I would have voted for that for Best Picture, but personally, it's the movie that when I walked out of Lincoln, I went (laughs) to see for a second time. 
And that was an enjoyable, wild ride. Even though there's little parts that maybe Tarantino could have trimmed down a little bit. It was funny. It was an interesting look at history. I'm not even a big fan of Westerns. It was a very satisfying movie. And the performances in that were so riveting. Yeah. I almost would have nominated uh, Waltz for Best Actor for that because he was really the lead of the movie. But DiCaprio was great and Jamie Foxx was great. And is Samuel L. Jackson ever not the coolest person alive? Because he kicked ass in that movie. Don Johnson was great in that movie. Oh, no, I need to watch that movie. Man, I haven't seen it. I need, I, need to, I need to revisit Django. Especially after watching 12 Years a Slave, I need to revisit Django. It would, it would be interesting if Django great won. soundtrack. Yeah. yeah, that was my enjoyable movie. Argo was a very, very good movie and very riveting. And again, not something I really knew a lot about. But right. I liked. But that gave you a little tiny history lesson at the beginning. But you needed that little history lesson. Yeah, for, but for they did it in anything in the Middle East way. you needed, yeah. They did it in a very interesting way rather than just a typical screen crawl. But Lincoln, it just seemed like a very safe movie about this is how we did this. Done by Spielberg. So I, I think every, I think almost every movie, with the exception of BFG, that has been in contention, you know, that has, uh, has been nominated for Best Picture for like Munich, uh, War Horse, Bridge of Spies, Lincoln, Post. Like, he makes a movie, it's probably getting nominated for Best Picture if it has any prestige at all. I don't think Ready Player One's getting nominated for any any awards this year, but hey, you know, you never you never know. But when Spielberg makes a when Spielberg goes for uh, high drama and high art, we take notice, and we will certainly be talking a lot more about Steven Spielberg in the months and years to come. Uh, I still really like Argo. Uh, it is a breathless two hours. I saw it multiple times in the theater, and each time was like, "Are they gonna get off the damn runway? Oh my god, this is so intense!" Uh, so that I feel like when you can see a movie over and over again, know how it ends, but still feel the emotion like from the first time, that is a very successful movie right there. Uh, I think Lincoln is uh, Lincoln has higher highs, but it also has lower lows. Argo is just solid solidly great kind of all around um i think looking back uh, i think if it came out today if lincoln came out today it would be a huge middle finger to what's going on to trump and everybody showing them showing you know shaming trump and saying this is this is actually how you do it you don't go around you know being buddy buddy with autocratic strongmen and dictators you get shit done back home to make things better for a lot of people even people that you might not know you might not know all you might not know andrea Roth. you might not know all these other folks but you they're citizens and they deserve your respect i'm still gonna go with argo uh i understand that yeah but i will say daniel day lewis deserved best, deserved best actor that year and i'm sorry to joaquin Joaquin, you were great. Philip Seymour Hoffman, you were better in that movie. But it's just Daniel Day-Lewis. I, I, I like him so much. I do. He's your Peter O'Toole. No, I don't. You know, I don't know who my Peter O'Toole is. It's just I have great respect for for Daniel Day-Lewis. Well, I, I mean, like, like Peter O'Toole can't be my Peter O'Toole because Peter O'Toole is your Peter O'Toole. Yes. Uh, so I, you know, I'll, I, I will, I will think on that and I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> you. 
have been listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, for spending time with us to listen to us complain <laughs> mostly about each other. Uh, if you would like to drop us a line, please do so at oscarwatchpodcast at gmail.com and be sure to find and follow us on social media at oscarwatchpod. Amy, where can folks con- converse with you? Uh, at a thomason 11 on Twitter or message us on the Facebook page. I love getting messages and responding to listeners. I'm really looking forward to hearing the messages you have about this movie. Next week, Amy, I promised you we watched 12 Years a Slave. We watched Lincoln as part of our America F. Yeah. Uh, those, are two, those are two for me. We got, uh, got at least one for you coming up. And, uh, the oh, next, two. Ne- one two. mostly. Yeah. Me, but one for both of us that one, one for both but uh next week continuing america f yeah american hustle finally for your reconsideration the amy thomason top 100 film yes we will be talking about that in all of its ab scammy glory the, the, it's all the 70s fabulous so much 70s i'm gonna heat Beautiful some stuff up people. in my science oven it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time <laughs> i'm looking forward to revisiting this i was harsh on it i have given you crap for it and i feel bad because no you don't <laughs> I, you know what i need i need to walk in with my eyes open on this one and i'm uh i'm curious to see what time has done for my opinion on this movie, and I want to give it a as fair a shake as I possibly can. You gave Lincoln a fair shake. You didn't walk out after three minutes, so I'm gonna stay for no, all like of American Hustle. Because I wanted to make, I wanted to have more comments than just I really don't like this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's the job. That's the show. And we thank you it so is. much, Amy. It was a pleasure having this conversation with you, and I'm yes. looking forward to American Hustle next week. It should be. It should be interesting. It should be. It should be like this week, only reverse. Yes. But maybe not. Maybe maybe it'll be like, hey, I was totally wrong about this movie. Looking forward to it. You'll have more eye candy than I did with this film. There was that no is, eye candy in this movie for me. That is true. This is. Yeah. Okay, anyways. Anyways, yeah. you have been listening to Oscar. <laughs> Thank you so much, and until next time, we'll see you on the red carpet. Was Franklin Pierce, the man without a chin? Follows next up, period spinning. Four long years with James Buchanan. Then the South starts shooting cannon. And we got a civil war. A war, a war down south of Dixie. Up to bat comes old Abe Lincoln. There's a guy who's really thinking. Kept the United States from shrinking. Save the ship of state from sinking.